Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 383 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 383. So each week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. Let's do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel TV. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week in our continuation of not doing it the same as we always have done are more recommendations to categories of where to find tools because some of these are more apps, uh, some particular tools like we'll discuss, but uh, they're also applications. And for that reason, I'm giving you links in the show notes about where the lists of these apps are so you can see them in comparison to each other and also go directly to their platforms to see if you're interested in acquiring them. Um, the f- app that I want to talk about to give predication to this is really an app that I have used for years now personally, and that is uh, a Day One. Uh, it's an app that is on iOS, and it is a daily journal. It's the uh, ability to go and uh, audio record yourself if you choose to, add pictures if you want to, type obviously if you want to, create different journals for different reasons, whether I have one for health, I have one for family, I have one in general, I have one for ideas and so forth. Um, we know that our, all platforms, um, iOS platforms and uh, Android platforms and Windows platforms have some sense of the ability to journal. If you're not thinking about Windows OneNote, uh, you could be thinking about Evernote as an application. Uh, to create notes and gather and clip and things for a variety of reasons. Um, and also, too, for uh, Android, your ability to just record dictation. There's there's to-do lists and, and things like this. All of those are leading towards keeping track of doing things. But that's not the purpose of our tool discussion. And you'll see why as we go into our technique discussion in a little bit. Um, one of the other, uh, there's another link I'm throwing in there about how to use journals and so forth. But for instance, in more particular, the reason why it's such a general broad tool list discussion today is things like Google Forms. The ability to create a form that has recurring questions that have to get answered, kind of like a ship's log. What was happening? What was the weather today? What was the staffing today? What was the events today? What were the decisions today? There are certain categories of things that you can just respond to, if applicable, good to be consistent, if there's something to say about it. But if there's nothing to say about that question that day, then it's just not a day that you have to answer that question. But you can create a form that will handle that functionality. You can do that in OneNote as well. You can do that in Word. Uh, If you're a Microsoft person and you enjoy Word, you can use Google Sheets if you want to get more robust onto your format. But I think Forms is a really good one because it purges the previous log entries 
and categorizes it by date, which you would identify it as, and lets you move on. So it's a great free function within Google to use uh, as an example to what we're talking about. Um, there are other apps, as in, in both, as I said, on iOS and on Android for your phone or tablets and so forth, or in Windows products and, and, and Apple iOS products as well. Um, but as a category, that is in our entirety our tools that we're obviously bringing to the conversation today based on our technique discussion. So without harping too much on the tools because they have similarities and functions and so forth, let's get right to the reason why we're talking about these tools today in our technique of the week. Now for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique this week is how chronicling history helps the future of marketing. Now, in our live show today, which, of course, is in symbiotic relationship to our podcast, we have a topic uh, related to this, which we'll recap in our topic discussion of the live show. But right now, I want to talk about our technique discussion, how chronologically creating history, recording what we've done, helping our future marketing. Um, One of the key elements is that history is destined to repeat itself if you don't pay attention to it. It's an analogy we've used uh, as a society for generations. All too often in our work as marketeurs, we are faced with instantaneous decisions, Uh, blending a little bit of our conversation with the live show in our technique discussion. We're very much overtasked right now. Either we do not have full bandwidth resources internally to handle the workloads necessary, or we have just such a high assumptive things that need to get done that even with the number of people we have, there's still an overwhelming amount of work per person to do. And for that reason, we unfortunately, and, and, but necessarily, uh, have to be a first filter when it comes to projects and so forth as to how fast can I create the solution that I need. Because there's so much to do, the faster you get it out of your way through a completion, the next faster you can go to the next project that needs the same consideration. Unfortunately, by doing that, a lot of things get missed or breezed over. We can talk about the value of the decision versus the expediency of the decision. But right now, let's talk about remembering why we made that decision. What were the things in our head that influenced our decision of action? Uh, What data were we looking at? What source of data were we looking at? Um, Why are we making the choices? What are the the influences of the choices, perceptions, demographics, historical successes of campaigns that we might be suggesting, um, modalities of why we decided the AB variants that we did or the different campaign segments that we did or the demographic filterings of those campaigns? What was the rationale of that stuff? In our mind at the time we're making the decisions, it's very clear because we're making the decisions on the data. But once we've done that and moved on to the next project and on and on and on, we we rely so much on the thinking that we'll remember this again. Well, when this comes up, should it come up in a similar way, we'll remember why we made the choices we made in this decision and use that as a resource for the next one. And I'll be fair to say the people that do well in marketing, that's true. I remember... um, like a Thanksgiving campaign that we did that was successful to solve a solution of why we were needing to do a different way of campaigning because of either soft pace or and or holes of loss of group and or lack of demand to our market for whatever reason. And we created solutions that worked or didn't work or whatever. I trust that I'll remember that the next time next year when Thanksgiving rolls around and we see similarities to that pattern happening again. And as we talked about in last week's show, solving problems in pairs, we solved the short-term problem. We also wanted to make sure we corrected for knowing what to do should this happen again in the future. And we rely upon our memory a lot to do that. And I'm here to say more so than we should for two reasons. 
One, personally getting older, this stuff leaks out. <laughs> I don't remember it as well as I used to. And or there's too many similarities of events that I bleed over one thought process with another thought, press, thought process for a different solution. Um, just the accuracy of remembering. Uh, as human nature, we rely very clearly on milestones. Um, that those are more memorable aspects to our history of what we do. But if everything is at a, a level 10 problem, okay, uh, then everything is the same in the sense of priority. The uniqueness of each individual event are not as stand out in our minds as they used to be. And especially if we're repetitively facing similar tasks, that similarity blends how we remember our solutions into a homogenous one that isn't as clearly defined to the individual circumstances that created our solutions. And if it sounds too esoterical, it's not meant to be. It's really meant to say that our memories are, shouldn't be the only thing we rely upon to know how we can replicate solutions to times similar to in the past. And for that reason, the tools we brought up are journal-related. They're keeping track in a historical way for two really strong reasons. One, our memory may fail us or the uniqueness of our solutions may be forgotten. But in a journal, we can go back and see ourselves thinking through the logic and the conditions and the influences of why we did what we did. And it brings back a clarity to our memory that helps us in the solution of what we now in the future tense, our future selves, are trying to solve. Once again, we remember our thought processes on ad segmentations, campaign developments, demographic segmentations, whatever. And those are just examples so that we can refresh ourselves going, okay, how now that I've refreshed my memory, does this help me in the current situation? And the second, and this is the more valuable contribution to companies and so forth, is to not lose the precious experience resource of whoever sat in that chair before you. That if I'm new to a role in your operation and the person that was in that role before me left a journal of what they went through, and I and it's chronological, kind of think of it as a ship's log, if those Star Trek fans, you know, captain's log. And in it, you are recurring referring to content. The things that you felt were influenced. Like, you know, it, it sounds as simple, but we used to keep a GM's log. I did, and a front desk log every day. And we would just do simple things like record what the weather was like that day. And uh, in the story in the live show that I was talking about when I was running hotels and keys, uh, we had a massive walk in market. For, well, almost half of our business was always walk in market. Well, influence of weather was a huge deal because if people were going to drive down to the keys and it was going to be forecasted as rainy, they'd less likely go down to the keys. They might do it the next day for the weekend or whatever, but they weren't going to do it that day because. It why go down in miserable weather? Or if the miserable weather happened relatively late, how did that affect our walk-in demand that day? And these things, however innocuous in the future tense, are very relevant on the day that it happened. Um, saying it was a wicked lightning storm. Well, you know, that scares people from driving over a bridge. So maybe they didn't come down for that. Whatever it is. But think of that as the content that feeds the perception that helps you understand the business questions that you're asking about looking at that data. So keeping that journal and keeping it in, in perpetuity from whoever sits in that chair means that whoever sits in the chair next has the history of what the property has handled and how it handled it in certain ways. To go back, if it was you that was sitting in the chair a year ago, it's a refresher to how you were doing things back then. And what information did you forget that might be helpful now? If you weren't sitting in the chair a year ago, it's a great way to add continuity so that history doesn't repeat its failures that you look and say, wow, they had the same problem last year and they did that. And 
they look like from the and I can look at the actuals because I'm in the future I can look back and say that actually worked that looks great you know obviously when they wrote the journal entry that day they didn't know if it was going to be successful this was the logic of what they were trying to do and of course later on based on the actualization of what their efforts were you have the benefit of future looking back on history to go that effort worked that person is not here anymore to solve this current problem but they left behind what they did and the result of it for you to benefit from that knowledge and that's where journaling comes in keeping track of the things that are perceived as relevant even if they don't appear relevant at the moment but they're relevant in future tense if you put in an entry that says you know seventh day of the same reign and you look back and say well you know revenue was down that time last year what was going on with them and you're looking at this year and it's like it's down again this year is it raining again no well that might have been an effect back then but it's not an effect now so what is different now well we have this hotel and market that we didn't have last year or we had this condition covid lockdown or whatever you you see where the history helps the understanding of your current circumstances as it relates to the repeatability of history and the circumstances that they had back then so chronologically keeping track of your history keeping track of data this is where the tools we refer to the google forms you know star date <laughs> literally it's a date on top it the form can put it in for you who are you if you're reporting for a department or if it's your journal you're keeping for your your thing for your position then it's automatically defaulted that it's you and you put in information and it's the information that's related to your standard way of looking at things like what happened today what decisions were made today what 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 uh uh, what were the businesses that were coming? What were the groups that were coming in? Because you know that you can go find that information in your your folios and ledgers and so forth. It's a pain in the butt. Going back and looking at the snapshot of the day and seeing what's in house and then looking and saying, okay, so we had a couple of really big groups. Yeah, that day. Now you have to go back and expand the search to when did they come in and how long were they staying and how much did they displace revenue. You have a lot of extra legwork to do that if you just put it in a journal saying day three of group XYZ, they'll be leaving tomorrow, we'll be able to get back our transit room sales for the weekend, blah, blah, blah. That's wonderful to look at so that when you're looking at your current pace and current perspective of, of market mix you can say huh we're not in that situation this year we're pure we don't have that group and of course sales could have told you that but you answered your own question and it helps in the expedition of you making decisions that are based on now the depth of knowledge of the history in combination with current awareness of what you need to make decision factors on and influences that are now in comparison to history so not to be too much on the soapbox we'll get more on that when we talk about the uh, the, new, the show review but the idea of keeping track chronicling chronicling your daily functions is a huge insightful way of looking at learning from history to improve your future decision makings for marketing so there you have it that is our technique of the week now this week's hospitality news that you should know so news and show review obviously as i've been alluding to out of our technique discussion our topic for our live show today was dear diary how current journaling solves future questions to expand a little bit on what i've already soapboxed on for our technique discussion uh, i recounted on the show several live examples of my history of taking track of journaling and my frustration that it was actually inspired by my first gm boss my first hotel that i worked at as food and beverage director that he said he wanted me to chronicle my days and i made the equation in the live show similar to what avatars in the theaters now so the old avatar when sully the elite character in the movie was told to chronicle his day's experiences and he's like what i just talked blah, blah, blah. It, it seemed that alien to me like 
why? Why do I want to talk about my day when I'm in the middle of the day? It's the end of the day. I already know what happened today. Why do I need to cry? Until I began doing it. And then I realized very quickly that it was great to decompress and, and debrief. But also I began to realize there was two segments of content that I was including in my journaling. The stuff I don't want to share and the stuff that affected what I do for business. So I quickly divided them, which is why when I was talking about one of the earlier tools here in the podcast, uh, day one is an app that I use and have used for years. I made a journal for just me. That was my thoughts, my feelings, where I know I'm not talking to anybody but myself. It's locked. It's mine. Uh, you know, it's a dear diary kind of thing where I get to decompress my own thoughts openly in a, in a journal, whether it's typed or talked. Uh, then, but there was a business side, which when, became very functional. And historically, back as far back as I go, um, it was little notepads I stuck in my pocket that I would write things down. I still give credit to my wife for the fact she made me the tech geek that I am because she bought me my first voice recorder. So I didn't always have to write things down. I could talk faster into it and then just write those things down at the end of the day. Um, that got me into my tech geek world. But the idea of keeping track of those things, and some of them were just like, hey, you've got to do high cleaning on uh, the banquet rooms. I'm seeing dust on the chandelier kind of thing, all the way down to follow up on the thought of making a new uh, custom table for our banquet facilities that can hold a uh, 14-foot uh, buffet spread versus the 8-foot we have right now, or whatever it is, keeping track of things. were not just to-do lists, but there were thought processes, marketing ideas, things like this, that now have translated now onto keeping track of how I organizationally look at approaching projects. What are my thought processes? Why am I including certain aspects of data? And what is my process of why I want to use that data to develop what? And if so, what was my rationale for developing these campaign types? And just like we just explained in the technique discussion, we went into a little bit more depth on the live show to give a little bit more perspective of it as well. Um, it's a valuable skill to not only exercise, but to grow. To realize that you become the, your own historian of your own work environment. What you leave behind to the next person that sits in your chair is very critical from a corporate perspective. I would highly recommend any business to recommend all of their team leaders, supervisors, management team, exec team especially, chronicle your day. Not in the dear journal, woke up with a headache, felt like I wanted to have coffee. That's personal. It's the we had three sales calls today, really wanted to get five. Um, the three sales calls this, the sales group is this, we're in progress with this. So I find that we always have problems with our banquet menus, this. Whatever it is, it's a way of reflecting back on the influences of why you made business decisions. At first, it may seem innocuous. Then you'll get more precise. Then you'll know what you like reading when you look back and you want to make sure that it stays consistently included in it. And it only helps then that if it's you that looks back on these notes, it refreshes your memory to a clarity of what you were thinking. And if it's not you and it's the next person sitting in your chair, you have given them the amazing gift of your work history with that role and that you give your insights, your interpretations, your perspective, and you can basically be a ghost writer for their thoughts like, wow, you know, the Lauren who sat in this chair before me dealt with the same problem. This is how he approached it with what they used and had available at the time. Well, now we have this extra information or we have this extra tool or we have this different way of doing that. How does that affect maybe they had a great idea that was ahead of its time or we had a terrible idea back then and we just confirmed it's never worth repeating. We always have to make sure we don't try that because it didn't work and nor will it seem to work again. That's the benefit of journals and diaries and history and chronicling what you're doing. So that was our live show today. Um, news item for us was a Wired uh, uh, article about 
uh, something we've talked about on the live show uh, months ago when uh, AI content was being developed. And, and right now is the buzz about Jet, uh, chat GPT, uh, the fluency of it and so forth. In the live show, we went in great detail, but basically understand that AI, if you really want to consider true AI, I can always think AI is like hell out of 2001. Tr- uh, AI is only capable of doing what it does based on the data that you give it. And it bases its use of that data on statistical value, frequencies, volume, content consistency, comparison correlations and so forth it isn't in the criteria of it fact checking and truth checking what's done so if you put biased content together or even if you open up the data that it's available to but that data itself is biased it's going to construct content that reflects that so even though there is a humanity perspective of what it creates I have always admonished that in the use of AI tools that are helpful in shortcutting content development, are able to be getting past writer's block and show creative options and SEO optimization and so forth, it needs to have the human touch to ensure accuracy, truth, and validity, but also the one that most people don't often talk about, consistent voice. That your representation of what's written is in the tone and the perspective that you had decided on. Third person, first person, uh, authoritative, casual, whatever it is that are the ways you want to present content. It needs to maintain that. Can AI adopt that over time? Yes, if it's persistently using your same content, it's going to adopt your voice. But it always needs to be metered and checked. And that was the conversation from the news article and the live show that we were talking about is the Wired article of uh, chat GPT's most charming trick is also its biggest flaw. It's wonderful that it can get you past the hump and throw out tons of content. But as we joked on the live show, uh, Fishbone, who does great cartoons about business, uh, had two people in a, in a marketing meeting room, says it's great. Our AI content has great engagement. The bad news is all that engagement is with AI bots that read content <laughs> because they're based on the same principle of statistical relevance and correlation and content comparisons. So, yes, it can be uh, a flaw to its success as well. So there you have it. Uh, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn. The list goes on. 39 platforms and counting. Uh, we're even on Amazon's Alexa, which we find a lot of people use. They just say, hey, Alexa, and then they ask for the Play the Podcast. Uh, we're also on Google Assistant and Siri. Same thing. Just ask them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast and the latest episode, which will be this one, plays. No matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please rate us that way and leave a comment. And if you have anything to suggest to us, comment-wise or anything, please send it to me at Lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. I answer every email associated with the podcast and the live show. Would love your suggestions about content. Would love your suggestions about uh, anything you think you would like to change or improve. And even if you would like to join us on the show or the podcast, please indicate that as well. And we can go through the collaboration of how well that we could work for both of us. So... With that, if this is your first time hearing us, please smash the subscribe button on the platform you find us on. Uh, we'd love to have you follow us. We do this every week. We've been doing it actually with the podcast for 17 years. With the live show, we've been doing it for now. We're in deep into our ninth year. Uh, so we'll continue to do so every week. So we always have new content for that. Um, always, as archives go, our podcast and our live show are forever found on hospitalitychannel.tv. That is our, our I Love Lucy rerun uh, platform for all of our shows. Our TV channel website access is talktravel.tv, or you just simply go to your Roku, Google, Amazon, or Apple TV, smart TV, look for a hospitality channel, subscribe, and the show will always be free. And it, you don't have to pay for the subscription to see the free show. It'll show on your TV. You can see my smiley, happy face, or, and my guests that I have on the show uh, on your TV and watch our content that way. Um, 
And of course, we have a paid wall that has uh, even more relevant content behind it, much like Netflix for its $4.99 a month and you get all this extra content. And also we have a hospitalitymarketing.club. It's for advanced or journeyman level marketers that are already doing this. We're not here to educate basic uh, uh, hospitality marketing techniques. There's plenty of people out there that are teaching basics. This is advanced conversation. So much so that if you go to hospitalitymarketing.club, you put your email in, I send you a quiz. If you pass the quiz at 90%, we'll send you the invite to our closed social community. We talk about all the things that you know about uh, or would like to know more about, about ad variations, platform integrations, successful percentage conversions. Uh, we have webinars, internal seminars. We have lots of fun things um, that we use and discuss on the Hospitality Club. And, and the reason why I bring it up here is because it also gives you access to, uh, to watch anything on the Hospitality TV channel just because you're part of the club. So with that, I am Lauren Gray. Oh, before I forget, remember, we, every Friday, 1130 a.m., we do do the live TV show. And it is broadcast on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, in addition to our TV channel as well. Um, so I hope you join us for that. But again, my name is Lauren Gray. I thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 383 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved copyright 2022. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.